1: This is a podcast from Minute Media.
0: You are listening to the One Good Scare Podcast with Natalie Zamora and Max Mallow. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to a new episode of the One Good Scare Podcast. I'm Natalie Zamora, and I'm joined by Max Mallow, and we're continuing on with our multiple episode long review of Midnight Mass, our favorite show of the year. Everyone go watch it. Definitely watch it before you listen to this, if you don't get spoiled, because of course we're going to get into spoilers. Um, So last week we did episodes three and four, which we said were probably the best episodes, Um, and now we're getting into five and six, which... Might be the most eventful episodes. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think four. I think four is probably my favorite episode overall in terms of like everything that's considered when it comes to the the plot getting advanced, to the emotional aspects of it, and the the acting. But episode f- uh, five comes really close for me as well. I really, really enjoyed episode five, and six is the the big climax really of it all. Yeah. Um, so really excited to talk about that episode as well. Um, but yeah, I mean you said it, our favorite show of the year. If you haven't heard us say that already you have again because it's spectacular. Um, if you guys haven't either watch the show go watch it. If you're too scared to why I was talking to somebody uh, at a Halloween um, party I went to and they were like, uh, I think it's too scary for me, like, Bly Manor was more up my alley because it was less scary than Hill House, and I was like, no, like, you just, there are a couple moments in the show that are truly scary, like, really, really scary. But if you get through those, the the story being told over these seven episodes, for me, and I think for you as well, blow Hill House and Bly Manor out of the water. Um, yeah.
0: I agree. And I feel like, too, it depends what you're scared of. Like, you and I aren't, you know, really scared of that much when it comes to horror movies and horror shows, um, but this is just a, a more of a psychological horror, which usually gets me more than anything else.
1: For sure. Yeah. Supernatural stuff gets me. Like, <laughs> jump scares, all that type of stuff. Not, Not my favorite. Not my forte, but most of <laughs> everything else is pretty much tolerable. To me. And I was thinking about that the other week and I was like, when did my mind shift? Mm-hmm. Where I was like, this stuff isn't scary to me anymore. Cause I used to be a like a big Freddy cat. I was like just horror movies were not for me. Anything <laughs> like Chucky to me still scares the crap out of me. But you know, I just avoid that 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 killer doll. Um but like I remember I remember like sinking back into that feeling when I saw Halloween 2018 in theaters and I came home and I was like doing the thing where I was walking through my house and I had to turn on the light in the room that I was walking into, you know, like that Mm -hmm. Mike was able to get to me there, old old (laughs) Mikey Myers. But um, yeah, like I don't know when that that shift happened for me. Do you like were you like a, a Freddy cat when you were younger?
0: I was not, but I wasn't because I'm an only child, so I didn't have, like, I know some of my friends in, like, elementary school, my cousins and stuff like that, they would have their older siblings, like, show them horror movies, and they were really scared, so I didn't really have that. So when I started getting into them, like, middle school, um, I just loved them, so I never really had a scared phase, but I'm sure if I was exposed to them at a very young age, I would be afraid.
1: Yeah, like, I feel like when I watched Scream for the first time, that's when I realized I loved the genre, especially slashers, but I still had to, like, ease myself into, like, everything (laughs) else, and then eventually it was like, this stuff isn't scary to me anymore. I don't know what happened, Mm -hmm. Um, And which is funny, too, because my mom would tell stories at, like, family gatherings all the time and just be like, yeah, I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and then I had to go over to your cousin's house Mm
0: -hmm. and...
1: I had to stay over her house because I was so scared. And I was like, okay, okay cool. Um, but, yeah, anyway, that's a fun fun sidebar. Um, yeah. yeah, episode five, episode six. Uh, where we last left off uh, with episode four, of course, the big cliffhanger was the monster, which I think we'll continue to refer to throughout the rest of our review until the end and we can get into the whole uh, mythology and theories behind this, this creature. Um okay. Has attacked Riley um, as he was going to look for Joe Collie and, and uh, talk to uh, Father Paul, aka John. Um, and it was just the wrong decision, you know. Standing mm-hmm. outside Aaron's home could just gone inside, wouldn't have died. But yeah, one of uh, one of the craziest endings to a TV episode in a long, long time that I've ever seen.
0: Oh yeah, totally. I mean. We talked about it last week. That scene was incredible. So good. And uh, episode five kind of shows the fallout of that happening because, like we talked about, Riley was on his way to Aaron's house when he decided, no, I'm going to go back to the rec center. Um, So he never showed up at Aaron's. She doesn't know where he is. And Riley's parents are just assuming, oh, he's off with Aaron. You know, they're a thing now. So Aaron definitely has the anxiety that something might have happened just because it is such a small town so it's tough the way that this episode opens up because we know what happens
1: yeah and I like uh, that again something that great that Mike Flanagan does in most of his stories I I can't remember specifically a lot of the character development in Blind Manor I kind of want to go and rewatch it now but his characters are pretty smart pretty adept most of the time um, mm-hmm. and Aaron is no different uh, she ends up going to Sheriff Hassan to file a missing persons report um, which is obviously the logical thing to do because he didn't show up
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, again um, I love Sheriff Hassan's character in this in this whole scene because he's being super straightforward and honest with her mm-hmm. and she's again, she's in that like state of yeah, I don't know where he is but what you're kind of suggesting is not the Riley that I've come to know over these past couple of days I think it is or the the time frame is a little yeah. muddied when it, it comes is. to the show
0: it is yeah i have no idea i wanna assume it's like 2 weeks throughout the entire show but that's just an assumption i really don't know
1: yeah obviously you know it leads to a big midnight mass on a specific day that we'll get into in episode mm-hmm. 6 but um yeah i would assume that it wasn't like oh he didn't show up i i'm gonna go file missing missing persons report right away um but
0: oh she does say from when he went missing she said uh, yes, I she think, does i think it was the next day it was it was right she, away yeah because she was basically just like he was supposed to meet me and i saw him yesterday morning is what she said right so this is the next day yeah yeah well but, it's, I mean, it's interesting just because it's like, I guess it might be because we know what happened. It's, then we're like, oh, I understand why she's freaking out because something bad really happened. But it's interesting that she has kind of that feeling. And at the same time, like I said, it's a really small town. Like, where would he be?
1: Right. Yeah, that's a good point. I, th- I think she goes to check on the ferries to see if he had gone off, off island. Um, and I think that's what provokes her into going maybe. I remember, um, but either way, yeah. I mean, you can understand both sides of it, which is true. Like you, you raise a good point when it comes to there's nowhere really to go. If he didn't get on the ferry and leave, where is he? Um, but yeah, this conversation is obviously very tough to watch because they just had that huge conversation um, about the miscarriage slash straight up disappearance of her of her baby. Um, Mm -hmm. and the whole aspect of life and death, which is a beautiful scene. And Sheriff Hassan's just straight up like, you know, he is a recovering alcoholic Mm -hmm. and he was in this horrific, uh, drunk driving accident that ended up taking someone's life, you know, not to make any crazy assumptions, but you know, it's, it's a very well acted scene. Once again, there are few if any in this entire show but um, yeah uh, it is a, uh, a tough scene to watch but from there the the whole that, that, that scene with um, I, I think you can point to two scenes one episode three with the big reveal of Father Paul actually being John Pruitt uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: who's been revitalized to his younger age thanks to the blood of a mysterious creature um Mm -hmm. and obviously riley's uh attack at the end of episode four to kind of get this plot going and, and seeing where we're heading towards in a climax because it's very um very mysterious where the show's actually going which i really appreciate and that's why i think both of us urge anybody to watch it for the first time and not know anything so if you're at this point you haven't watched it you messed up but like i had no clue where they were going and we get this, uh, this mass for Good Friday at mm-hmm. nighttime because, of course, John still can't go outside because, you know, he sticks his hand in the sun and he starts to um, light up like a, like a firework, essentially. And this is uh, one of the most disturbing scenes in the entire show, this sermon that he gives. And it's, it's like bone chilling how good it is. Once again, Hamish Linklater, the, the absolute legend.
0: I know this scene is really powerful, especially because I think we're starting to realize that there are possibly evil things happening. We had only seen kind of the miracles with Lisa Mildred kind of getting younger and getting better. And then we see there's this creature that Pruitt likes, obviously he was calling for it to come. He brought it there, but it killed Riley and it's scary as shit. So like, what is going on? And Um, when he's kind of speaking in the church too at this mass. I think this one was like an 8 p.m. so they just keep pushing it back Um, and Mildred attends and everyone's like looking at her because she's super young again and she's looking around when he's talking and she's like, is anyone else hearing like how crazy this man sounds? That's what I imagine her thinking in her head because she looked scared of what was going on.
1: Yeah, uh, I love that reveal as well because it's on, I think, a different level to Lisa because I feel like everyone just kind of disregarded Mildred of being like, yeah, okay, she's old, she's got dementia, she's, she's you know, starting to die. Um, and with Lisa, it's like, okay, she's paralyzed, she has to live her, she's got this whole life ahead of her,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but she's got this terrible thing. And when she stands up, it's this immediate shock. And that's explainable in a sense, right? We say explainable air quotes. Could have been a misdiagnosis, all the things the show goes into as to how Lisa is possibly walking again. But there's no explanation for an elderly woman to de-age and uh, just be cured of her dementia. There's There's no rhyme or reason to that. So I love that whole reveal, and I love the aspect of it as, you know, she's... It's like a, a parallel because she obviously uh, the the aspect of her dementia has you know unfortunately made her like lose a a sense of reality on the world. Yeah. And when it comes back to her and she goes to church, it's like the same thing. She's like, "What?" It's like people wake up here. Like, yeah, what yeah. is going on? And this sermon is so eerie because he's going on about. Being soldiers of God and getting ready for war, and perfect time for Mildred to walk in. Like, yeah, I feel like if she wasn't there, I would have been like, Well, well done. Who who, who was that? Was that like Chaucer, Yates? Who, 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 who said that? That's really powerful stuff, there, Mr. Paul. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's crazy because at the end of it. As Mildred is leaving, Sarah is very, like, taken aback by what's going on because she starts to freak out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, when, the, when they get out of the church, um, Mildred is pretty much, like, trying to run out of there. And Sarah's like, what's going on? Like, wh- what happened? And she's just like, "That don't go back there. Like, that is not the man I knew. That's not the church that I went to. Like, very, very visibly shaken. So that definitely sets the tone for, you know, what happens later on.
1: For sure. And I like that it's a character as well who knew John when he was younger yeah, and and when she was younger which gets more explained later on in the season or, or the show I should say. I wish there were more yeah. seasons to this. Give oh, us yeah. more Flanagan. Um, but you know, I, I want to say it's really like the first person on island uh, who's been there her entire life. Because, obviously, mm-hmm. Aaron left and came back. Same thing with Riley, um, who was devout to the church and was like, wait a second, everybody. like, Don't go back there. That place is evil. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I love that. Um, and from there on out, um, we get a big surprise. Because at the end of episode four, I was texting everybody and I was like, there's no way they just killed Riley. That's, like, yeah. terrible. I-, I was, like, starting to, like, love this character's journey. And it's it's easy to kind of follow Riley because his character is very monotone. He doesn't show really a lot of emotion. It's a lot of, um, I guess, like facial acting when it comes to like the mm-hmm. scenes when he's falling asleep at night and seeing the the image of the woman that he killed in the in the car crash. Um, but with that conversation with Joe Collie, I was like, God, like. I want these characters to redeem themselves. I want yeah. their path to be, you know, uh, achieved and it's, it's, it's powerful stuff and powerful character acting, um, for, and powerful writing overall. Um, mm-hmm. but right, uh, right as we were like, okay, cool. I guess Riley's dead. <laughs> Surprise. He's not because we, mm-hmm. we should know this, but we don't, uh, yeah. essentially because what we're shown with Joe Colley, cause Joe, Joe dies. He doesn't come back. Um, mm. But did you see this coming? I was like, crap, he's ki- they killed him. That's terrible.
0: No, yeah, I did not see it coming at all, especially because, like you said, yeah, with Joe Colley, he died. And we know that Pruitt has died and come back. But Pruitt is a priest. I don't know. He has a whole different relationship with God than especially compared to Riley, who is very much just like, it doesn't make sense. I'm not a believer.
1: Yeah, I was I was fully on board with dealing with the heartbreak of just yeah. killing killing my uh my QB1 but um yeah, he shows up outside Aaron's uh doorstep which mm-hmm. is a terrifying reveal because he just for Aaron she's like, "Okay, I just, you know, I just talked to the sheriff. Um he's he's out looking for you and like yeah. we thought you were missing. But here you are. Everything seems fine, more or less, right?" Um and From there, this episode goes on um, a very emotional trip following um, what actually happened to Riley following his attack by the monster. And it's, it's brilliant.
0: Yeah, I really, really love how they did this because if you think about it, the rest of the episode is only Aaron and Riley in one scene. But of course, as he's talking to Riley, as he's talking to Aaron, we're getting a lot of flashback. So we're seeing a lot more and the story is developing and everything like that. But it's still all just basically one scene and then scenes in it, um, which I thought was really, really cool, because especially when Riley's going into what happened, you're not thinking like, oh, we're still on the boat. You're thinking, OK, now we're back in the, the rec center and we're here and we're there and We're figuring out what happened. So I I thought that was really awesome. And yeah, so basically, Riley, like you said, he shows up as if nothing's wrong. And Aaron is understandably annoyed and angry that he just ditched her and didn't say anything about it. Um, But he says this thing about, you know, the night before you left, uh, you asked me to go on the rowboat with you to talk to you. So that's what I'm asking right now. Like, I will explain everything, but just go on this rowboat with me. And even though Aaron is annoyed, you know, they have such a history. They love each other. She agrees. So that's when basically, yeah, like, you can tell she's really annoyed on the boat. She's like, why did you drag me out here? Why did you leave me alone? Like, what is the deal here? And he tells us. It's a lot.
1: Yeah. And from here, like, I I'd, I'd had no clue where this was going. Because I'm mm-hmm. glad we got an explanation. But mm-hmm. also, like... I do, we don't know how the um, more or less transformation uh, with the creature happens, and and mm-hmm. what effects it has on people. We've seen with with John that it's starting to twist and turn him a little bit, yeah. right. But for the most part, we understand John's backstory to be a a, a man of the church, a, a good man, a beloved man on the island, who more or less hasn't put his foot wrong really, in life. Um, Mm -hmm. And for Riley, he's got this extremely troubled past. So we don't know how this is going to affect his character. And I'm just like, dude, if you kill Aaron, I'm going to be so pissed at you. Um,
0: Did you think he was going to? Did you find him to be like... Dangerous Because I know Aaron kept saying, like, I don't know if you're trying to scare me out here, but, it, you know, you're not scaring me.
1: Right. Yeah. I had no clue where this was going. I definitely got some, like, uneasy vibes. And I think that's probably just leftover from John's sermon about the the war mm-hmm. and the, the soldiers and stuff like that. Because for all we know, without any information of the, you know, flashback that we'll come to explain is Riley, like, his main general? Like, is he the guy mm-hmm. that John views as, like, if I can fix him and turn him into this soldier, then everyone else will follow along because they could say, oh, look how he was able to redeem himself in life. And then mm-hmm. f- and then my mind started going crazy. I was like, oh, is Bev and, uh, Bev and Riley going to fight? Because obviously yeah. Bev thinks she's the chosen one. Like, yeah. we're getting, like, Anakin and Obi-Wan here. What's going mm-hmm. on? Um, but yeah, they, they go out on this on this rowboat uh, into the, the middle of the ocean, which, again, freaks me out because there's nobody out there besides uh, them two. And what's yeah. interesting as well, and we haven't really touched on it, but we've gotten these dream scenes of Riley sitting on a boat in the middle of the ocean, uh, mm-hmm. which is tied into his uh, hallucinations, I want to say, of the woman that he killed in the car crash.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um. And at this point, I'm like, "Okay, this is all coming to a head right now, um but yeah, we go through the flashback, and it's um it's it's heartbreaking stuff to watch,
0: yeah, it's really good. The acting is great, and like I said it it um progresses the story so much, but not in a way that it's plot dump because we're seeing it kind of in real time. There's not someone just explaining like this is what happens when you get attacked by the creature. So we see Riley uh, waking up and he's, you know, obviously very shaken up. Um, Pruitt is trying to console him. Um, and, you know, he's like, all right, there's a lot we have to talk about. Like, it's okay. Kind of preparing him for what's to come. But as any rational person would in this situation, Riley just tries to leave because why wouldn't he? Um, he tries to leave the rec center, but when he opens the door, it's daylight out, so the sun immediately burns him, um, which is, like, I would I would be like, am I a vampire? Did you literally just turn me into a vampire? Yeah. Um, and Pruitt, of course, is always so calm. He tries to put him at ease, um, and he tells him this story, which I thought was interesting. There's definitely, like we said, so many monologues in the show and so many just, like, anecdotes that, like, people in real life don't really speak this way, but I love seeing it on TV. And he tells him this story about um, him when he was younger and how he kind of tricked Riley as a kid into believing his mouse was brought back. And that was kind of his story to reveal like, yes, I'm Pruitt, I've known you your entire life. Um, Which was really interesting. It's a lot better than just being like, I'm Pruitt, what's up?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, it's a beautiful way to do it. And I will say I feel like this is an episode that might be make or break for people because it is very monologue heavy, uh, from this point on for this episode. The monologues definitely still exist in the in the last two episodes, but this one is Yeah if, if just bear with it. Follow it along because it's it's great writing and it does a great job at explaining a lot of things early on. Um And yeah, that reveal, um, you know, freaks him out, definitely would freak me out, I'm sure it would freak you out, to be like, oh, you're... So I thought I saw you running on the beach in that storm, (laughs) but that's not you. That must have been the thing that attacked me, and Pruitt is straight up like, yeah, that's an angel. Um, And again, we'll continue to refer to it as the monster, creature, whatever, because it's very ambiguous exactly what it is, and Mm -hmm. to... Like, to no fault, because the show is extremely ambiguous, Mm -hmm. um, and the way that it it treats religion as a subject leaves it open to ambiguity, um, which is great. But then I'm like, okay, cool, this is where we're going to get, like, the chosen one versus, like, the the one who has always been by the side of John (laughs) and very loyal, um, because Bev comes in, uh, and immediately Riley gets bloodthirsty, because... As we've seen, that's what happens to the people who are ended up uh, turned, uh, more or less. And he tries to attack her. And this was like one thing where like my immersion got a little ruined because the glowing eyes is a little corny. It it works on the creature, but with the humans, it's a little corny.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. I feel like they could have left it out, especially, like, we'll get into kind of the next episode in the finale where we see a lot of these kind of glowing eyes. It would have been cool to leave it a little bit more ambiguous of, like, what are their intentions? Like, was this person fed on by the creature? Did they come back from the dead? It's like you wouldn't necessarily know unless you saw it happen or you saw these glowing orange eyes. Um But I did think it was interesting that, like, when Bev comes in, um, Pruitt is like, yeah, come on, come closer. It's okay. Like, you'll be fine, like, kind of making sure he's got Riley. And I'm sitting there like, what the fuck is about to happen? Like, is he going to let him, like, feed on her or what? But, no, this is just our way of seeing that Riley is able to kind of, like, see her heartbeat um, and her neck is kind of, like, flashing. Um, And you can tell he obviously wants to – eat on her so I don't know it's I, I also didn't like the glowing eyes but it was definitely a very ominous scene
1: yeah because of what we know of like, just being vampire fans and especially mm-hmm. some of the imagery that's shown later on mm-hmm. um, it does lend itself to being kind of vampiric but we don't get fangs we don't get claws we don't get transforming into bats because that would be stupid mm-hmm. um, but yeah it's, it's, it's a little weird at first um, there's you know there's definitely some like ominous moments with it, and with the creature, it's terrifying as fuck, especially yeah. during John's transformation scene because it's just this dark creature with wings and its eyes are just glowing into your soul, mm-hmm. um, making direct eye contact with the viewer, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, from there, uh, Prud obviously explains kind of what's going on to him, how he died. Um, and what happened to Joe, because obviously that's the whole reason why Riley went there in the first place.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and more or less, you know, Pruitt's like, Joe was taken. Um, he's gone. He's not here mm-hmm. anymore. Uh, and Riley immediately calls him out. So we can see in this scene that Riley does still have the heart that we yeah. saw during his transformation so far on the island of, of redeeming himself. And Pruitt's just kind of like, so, yeah. It was
0: meant to happen. Yeah,
1: like, it it had to happen, my dude. And I'm just like, okay, now I'm, like, really, really on, like, Pruitt's on my bad side now. Because I feel mm-hmm. like he's lost to this fantasy that he has in his head.
0: Definitely, yeah. I think this part definitely solidifies Pruitt as a villain. Before, it was kind of like, yeah, is he doing good things? He performed a miracle, I guess. So, I guess it's good things. But... No, this is kind of one of two parts, I think, um, in the these two episodes we'll talk about where Pruitt is definitely not a good guy. And I think, too, this whole scene um, with Beb speaking and, and Pruitt talking about, you know, verses from the Bible and everything, that really also proves, okay, they're just doing bad things and using verses of the Bible to be like, that's why we did it. They're like it should have happened this way because it's what the Bible says. And it's like, it's a little bit of a stretch. I don't really follow. And Pruitt also admits to Riley that he feels no guilt about killing Joe Colley, which is interesting because Riley is someone who has a lot of guilt.
1: Yeah. And I thought in this like scene that maybe Pruitt would have felt remorse for it because he was trying to help joe in the end Mm -hmm. um and i don't know if like behind the scenes pruitt thought that it was dishonest and it was kind of only forced upon lisa like if he didn't uh heal lisa would Mm -hmm. joe have ever made that decision to better himself in life it's a very interesting theory to kind of dissect um Mm -hmm. but uh They give uh, Riley Sturge's blood to drink because, obviously, my man needs to feed. Um, Yeah. And, yeah, it leads to Pruitt, like, leaving him alone. He's like, yeah, like, you'll be fine. And Bev is like, dude, no. Like, I I thought we were going to go some way with this because, like, Bev seems to know. Like, Bev is the true uh the true villain it feels like in these yeah. early episodes because she doesn't seem to have remorse one way or the other she's following john blindly mm. and from what we know at this point it seems like john is also heading towards de- down that path of of uh villain hood or whatever <laughs> um yeah but, but yeah, it's, yeah it's 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 cr- it's crazy to watch I i love this whole flashback scene because it's a great way to explain everything
0: Yeah, I agree. And I love it that it wasn't Riley's narration of what he was telling Aaron. I feel like that's a lot of times what happens with flashbacks when we're kind of getting someone telling a story to someone else. It was like, nope, you're in it now. So we felt it close enough to how Aaron felt it, even though, you know, this is fictional. Um, But now, yeah, like you said, Bev does not want – Riley to leave. I'm assuming she knows he's going to go tell people and people who he knows are not devout. Um, and even though Aaron is religious, you know, she's a reasonable person. They don't want Riley going and kind of talking shit about what was going on. Um, and that's exactly what he does. Um, so we get now that the flashback is over, we're back on the boat. Um, and Riley's basically kind of explaining, like, you need to leave the island and don't come back, but I need to show you something to prove how dangerous this is, or else I know you wouldn't believe me. Um, and Erin is shocked, um, doesn't not know what's going on. It's like, obviously she just heard this insane story, which I don't know who would really believe it at first. Um. So Riley, like, continues kind of, like, it seems like he's saying kind of, like, goodbyes to her. He's saying, you know, he loved her, loved her his, his entire life, and she says it back. So it's obviously a very emotional scene. Um, and then we have a really also emotional scene um, just as the sun is coming up and he looks out and he sees the woman who he killed. And this time she looks happy and she kind of, like, outstretches her hand to take his. So it seems like he's kind of forgiven or he's forgiving his himself at least.
1: Yeah. It's a very powerful scene. And there's also a bit of dialogue as well, because, you know, Aaron at a point is like, did you bring me out here? So I had nowhere to run. And Ryan like, no, I brought you out here. So I had nowhere to go. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh shit, dude. Like, what are you about to do? Like, come on. Um, because he's also, he's basically also revealed Proit's plan about how he's been mixing the blood of this creature in the communion wine, which we all suspected all along. Um, but it's it's basically like Riley is putting all of uh, the 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 weight of saving the island on her shoulders, um, mm-hmm. which I, I believe is like the only person on the island he would trust in that manner. Which yeah. is. Um, which is definitely, like, heartbreaking to watch in the moment because we know what's coming. Um, but we also get a bit – we do get a bit more of Aaron's monologue, right, when it comes to life and death in this scene, I think? I'm trying to remember. Possibly. I think. But, yeah, the – and I'll explain as we get to the end of this episode because it's its the most depressing episode by far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because after you know you mentioned that idea of forgiving himself or maybe in you know whatever afterlife that the show explains that the 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 woman that he killed is is welcoming him or something like that and she's it's very it's very powerful scene because it's again uh was foreshadowed by this idea of him sitting alone on this boat in Mm -hmm. the in the middle of the ocean um and as the sun is coming up, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself like, he's not going to burn. He's there's something's going to happen here. Yeah. I I was like refusing to believe that he was just yeah. going to light up in the sun. And I was like, does he have a good heart? And his heart and his beliefs are going to save him from whatever's about to happen because he was obviously very. Uh, unsure of what was going on when he first woke up and ran outside of the rec center so i thought something yeah. was going to happen and Aaron wasn't going to believe him but as uh you know the sun comes up and we get that scene with the woman he killed and riley um kind of embracing it pans right back to riley just burning alive in the sunlight and Aaron sitting there screaming in horror at what she's seeing Because in the end, Riley knew Aaron wouldn't believe him unless she saw exactly what would happen. And Mm -hmm. it is terrifying. It is shocking. It is all of these emotions. And as it's happening, you just hear her screams and her cries. And then it fades to black and the credits start to roll. And her screams and cries continue to echo throughout the credits and it is it's chilling it's so good and Mm -hmm. it freaked me the fuck out
0: (laughs) yeah this was insane the first time i watched it like i was kind of assuming okay i guess he's going to die but the way that it was shot from him seeing the woman that he killed cut to him burning alive and Aaron screaming. It's so quick and, and so abrupt, like there is not any type of transition there. It is so abrupt and that is so effective. I was like, holy shit. And I was just staring at my screen, didn't know what to do. Like, all right, next episode, I guess, let me just chill for like five minutes and collect myself.
1: Yeah. Um, it's it's <laughs> crazy. It's. I don't know if I would classify it as a jump scare, but it definitely has that yeah. effect because it's mm-hmm. it's very jarring. Um, and as much as we said the, the, the lighting, the, the shiny eyes were a little corny, I love the, the burning effect yeah. that uh, Flanagan did for uh, these characters. And just watching his skin like and bones melt away is fucking great. It's... Oh, it gives me chills just thinking about it because yeah. th- those Aaron screams at the end are just, ugh, they like shivers down my spine. At And I'm just like, I'm also like pissed at Riley in this moment because I was like, dude, how could you do this to the woman you love? You just wow. essentially killed yourself in front of her.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's a lot of emotions flying around at this point.
0: Yeah, it's extremely, extremely emotional. And then kind of like you said, I think this was kind of the last episode where we got that many monologues and that much dialogue because right when this happens and Aaron knows what is about to happen or can suspect something bad is going to happen. It's like zero to a hundred real quick. And there's a lot of action in these final two episodes. So we can get into episode six, but first let's take a quick break. Let's get over reliving this emotional scene for another time, and we'll be right back. Cool. So that happened. That was a lot. I watched it this morning, and it was still just like, oh, God, I can't believe this is real. I mean, it's not real, but you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. It's <laughs> – it's um. Definitely the most depressing episode of the bunch. Yeah. Um, But it's also one of the, like, I had no clue where they were going with it. And now, at this point, you know where the show is heading towards for a climax and a finale, uh, which I thought was really, really well done. Um, And, yeah, right into episode six, uh, a.k.a. book six, Acts of the Apostles, um, which gives you more or less the idea that John wants to go and create his apostles now. and and have Mm -hmm. his followers lead towards this big war, more or less, that he's explained in some of his sermons. Um, But this this episode obviously begins with a lot of the, uh, I'll say mythology, really, that was kind of left open up in the air, because we didn't really know what was going on. Um, But Aaron heads right into town uh, and goes to see Sarah, which is very logical, because we think Sarah is one of the few characters who also doesn't really buy into what exactly is going on and she just had that interaction with her mother um and she's obviously been investigating uh scientifically what went on with Erin's baby disappearing from her from her belly and from um Lisa all of a sudden just walking yeah. again um so it's a fun balance there between all the religious aspects and all the scientific aspects of the show um and we get this anecdote uh, about this Hungarian uh, physician um, Ignaz Semmelweis um, mm-hmm. which I don't know if I needed the whole scientific explanation. It could have just kind of been like, hey this just happened to me. I just saw the yeah, guy gosh. I loved uh, who just you know, confessed his love for me for his entire life. Just kind of uh, what's the word? Burn? Combust?
0: Uh, combust?
1: Yeah. yeah, he just combusted in the sunlight. Um, so uh, something, something's up. Um, but yeah, Sarah goes on about this this physician, um, and she is more or less like, Yeah, I believe you. Um, something crazy is definitely going on here. I don't know if I believe you that Riley just lit up mm-hmm. in the sun, but what she does show, uh, is some of the blood samples that she took from her mother because she was trying to figure out how the hell is my mother de aging and mm-hmm. and losing her dementia. Um and she puts the blood into the sunlight and as we all expected, it lights on fire. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think it it was I do like the way that she kind of framed Sarah Sarah framed it as like, what you're saying is absolutely crazy, but like wanna see something else that's crazy, like I believe you because all this shit is crazy. Um, yeah, I don't know if we really needed that other anecdote, but it's okay. There's a lot of action coming. So there was some dialogue in the beginning to to analyze. But yeah, so basically, like you said, like Sarah is very scientific. She's a doctor. She's not religious. Um, so she's a perfect person for Aaron to go see and say, like, this sounds really crazy and like religious, but can you give me an explanation? Like, can you give me the science behind it? And Sarah basically can. She doesn't know exactly what it is, but she thinks there's a parasite going around on the island that people are ingesting somehow. Um, and it makes people very iron deficient and uh, craving blood. So, okay, it's starting to make sense. Like, are vampires just like super anemic people? Like, I don't know. Um, a really, really um, super case of that. Um, but. You know as she's kind of talking about this parasite you're kind of connecting the dots of okay people are ingesting this thing it's obviously from the blood that people are getting at the church and we know that Pruitt would go to visit Mildred and gave him gave her the quote-unquote wine for mass so it all adds up so i think this is another kind of subtle moment that solidifies Pruitt as a villain
1: yeah Because and and I'll refer back to what I said when we were talking about last episode. Mm -hmm. When it comes to my... I was like, Riley's not going to light up in the sun. I just had a feeling, right? Mm -hmm. Because a bunch of other characters have been drinking the blood from the church. Yeah. But they haven't combusted. So we were like, what is going on is exactly here. Um, But you can more or less draw a conclusion that from John's death to his revival at the end of episode three, that's when... You know, the, the blood of the creature has fully taken over your body. That's the blood in your system. That's what's affecting you to become all these different things, uh, mm-hmm. which which makes sense. Um, but yeah, like it's not to say that like Sarah, like I appreciate that Sarah's like trying to figure out on her own what's going on, um, but I feel like as a viewer, we kind of figure we, we as the viewer, we know. Mm-hmm. So um, I do appreciate that Sarah was trying to figure it out scientifically. When it's not really a scientific thing to begin with, it's just this, yeah, um, this this monster. Um, but you know, we get this whole conversation, of course, about how like Riley must have had all this blood in him. Well, no, he was dead, and the blood of the monster took over his his entire system. Um, and then Sarah's like, you know, hypothetically, the blood could mm-hmm. kill a fetus, and. In my mind, like, I'm so glad I didn't do this when I was watching the show, but now I'm just like, well, you know, Bella had a baby, a vampire baby, <laughs> and the vampire baby was feeding on her the entire time. So <laughs> it, it's, it's, um, it's definitely the most cruel aspect of the blood for our main island, uh, goers, essentially. Cause like, you know, we see de-aging and we see, um, Healing a uh, paralysis and all that type of stuff. We don't. It's like, why did the blood kill Aaron's fetus in the womb? It's, I know. It's, it it that it was very. It, that, that's that's still very disturbing to me. And I it's it's not really explained, but it's still it still fucks with me. Like it still yeah, fucks with my mind.
0: I feel like the explanation that Sarah gives kind of explains it. She's saying like this parasite is healing your body to kind of like the most healthy state and the, you know, the state you're supposed to be in. So she's like, a fetus is like an alien to your body. Like your body kind of fights off a pregnancy. So this thing was just like, nope, we want a normal body. We don't want pregnancy, which makes sense because when Aaron went to see the doctor um, on the mainland, they were like, your body has no evidence of being pregnant at all, like ever. So this blood was like, no, fuck it. We're turning you into like the most like <laughs> healthy person. You're going to be like a track star. You're going to be an athlete, like just a one health. Yeah. Which is fucked.
1: She's a runner. She's a track star. But yeah, yeah. it's like, yeah, because like we're all like, OK, well, obviously giving birth is one of the most beautiful things in the world, right? Like creating life mm-hmm. and this blood, which we know to fix. Um, this this paralyzed young girl has yeah. now also taken the baby, which is like yeah. that's backwards essentially. Like that's not mm-hmm. how my mind reasons things. Like why mm-hmm. not just make the baby go quicker, quicker or something right, like that? <laughs> um, but yeah, and yeah, I'm really glad I didn't go into that Twilight Breaking Dawn <laughs> <laughs> like theory. <laughs> that would have been a mess. Oh. Um, but yeah, so now Aaron and Sarah out to save the world. Um, love this duo together. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh we get we, we go back to, to prude and Bev, um and Prue's pretty much like, yeah, Riley's dead. Mm-hmm. Um which I was like, okay, like are you guys connected some way? Like, can you feel like every time someone that you've you know saved dies? But anyway, it's just a feeling he had, which, you know, mm-hmm. is understandable. Um But we get this super heartbreaking scene once again because Riley's dad goes to see Pruitt because uh, we didn't mention it in the last episode, but it's it's a it's a minor detail more or less um, that Riley left letters for everybody before he went to uh, go to Aaron's house to go out on the rowboat, and uh, Riley's dad takes the note to Pruitt, and that entire time I'm like, dude, if you kill Riley's dad, <laughs> I know, like this is going to. Like, there's no coming back from this, my guy. Like, yeah. I'm already hate you, but I'm going to hate you even more. Um, and um, it's a very tense scene. A lot of what the hell is going to happen here. Um, like, I don't know if he's going to eat Riley's dad or do any of those types of things. Yes. But it's it's so sad to watch Riley's dad who, hate, who had such remorse for his son. And, um, you know, was very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh,
0: I he was kind of ashamed of him I would say
1: yeah ashamed uh, had a lot of uh, you know came to what's the word when you come to dislike someone for something that they did because of a decision what's the I don't know what's the word I'm looking for oh, I can't think of it it'll come to me but um, yeah he, he was uh, had a lot of emotions about his son returning home um, that heart to heart they had on the boat seem yeah. to kind of make both of them come around and, and restore that relationship a little bit as we were watching Riley's redemption arc go on. Um, but yeah, Henry Thomas, fucking great. And, ev- Thomas. he got to be in everything Flanagan does, everything. <laughs> um, and is just so worried about his son. And it's heartbreaking because we as the viewers know that he's dead.
0: I know it is really sad and I love um yeah Henry Thomas love him and I love this character because he's very very passive and quiet and shy and of course Pruitt has this huge presence about him so them talking you can tell that Ed his dad is kind of like nervous and is basically just like I'm concerned that my son is going to do something He also said crazy things about you so like you might be involved I don't know but he's saying it in a very passive way and Pruitt is basically just like just like have a good feeling about it you know things will turn around he'll be fine just kind of like dismisses him a bit it's like ah shit and it's funny because when you kind of see this compared to one of the next scenes when Aaron goes to talk to Riley's mom it's like a complete 360 or 180 from what is going on because we see Ed who is really sad and scared and you know quiet about it and then Riley's mom is also sad and scared but very angry about it. So Aaron goes to Riley's and says you know it's very vague but it's like do you want to come to the mainland with me tonight? And Aaron or Riley's mom's kind of like, that's a weird request. It's Easter. So, like, no. Um, basically, like, are you okay? Like, and Aaron just has to kind of rip the band aid off. And she's like, Riley's dead. And his mom is, I mean, I've never been in this situation, but his mom is pretty nasty. So I don't want to judge, but she's pretty nasty. Um, And she basically just says, like, why would you joke like that? I don't believe you. She pushes her off the step and just yells at her and tells her to leave. So a complete, of course, Ed did not find out that Riley died, but he has it in his head that he's probably hurt or dead. And then Riley's mom having this complete different reaction was really interesting.
1: Yeah, I, um, I got the feeling at this point that, like, Riley's mom was too far gone she she was too enveloped in the church and what was going on because obviously the denial of Riley's death and missing out on Easter Mass like come on I'm not missing out on Easter Mass oh and my son's dead yeah get the fuck out of here Um, but uh, yeah it's it's definitely really sad to watch like and you start to feel a deep sense of like uh oh like is anybody going to believe Aaron yeah Uh, which really starts to worry me because we're like okay we got like we're basically rallying the the troops here we're rallying the good guys to go to war more or less um with uh the followers of this of this uh this evil guy uh mr pruitt and uh we jump ahead to sarah who's obviously out doing her own recruitment um Mm -hmm. and she goes to sheriff hassan um, and kind of explains what's going on because Sheriff Hassan has very much been on the outs with pretty much what's going on on the island. He's is very suspicious mm-hmm. of Bev for doing for what happened to Joe Colley's dog. Um, is very concerned with Riley going missing and all those types of things. Um, and Sarah's like, "Can you look into the church?" And we get this. This is one of the, the last couple of big monologues we get in the show um, because Sheriff Hassan goes into talking about, like, how he got to this island and why he's here, uh, talking about how he worked for the NYPD, and um, after 9-11, all of the um, Islamophobia and, and xenophobia that went through uh, kind of life for him and how he was targeted and, and persecuted— um, and how the NYPD wanted to uh, use him for specific, uh, I'm trying to use the correct wording, but like operations and stuff like that. Uh, and, right. and he hated it because he thought that, you know, as soon as he spoke, well, he knew as soon as he spoke up, which he did, they would turn on him and they would, yeah. uh, you know, uh, look, look down upon him and kind of just... Uh, be extremely xenophobic to him and uh, yeah. it's a very powerful sermon to listen to uh, sermon, I should say, uh, monologue. It, <laughs> monologue yeah yeah. <laughs> there's a sermon coming up later in the episode yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a very powerful scene um, it definitely comes out of nowhere, like you didn't I didn't expect this to happen with Sheriff Hassan I, I was almost in uh, the camp of believing like you know people coming to him time after time just being like hey can you do this for me can you do this for me can you look into this and him just being like you know what no fuck all you people like 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 what like what is going on um yeah but um yeah uh it's a very heartbreaking story to listen to because he also goes into how his wife died and 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 got sick and all those types of things and um yeah it's very powerful one of my favorite scenes in the show for sure, mm-hmm. um, and finally, though, it seems like we do have somebody ready to to fight the battle against whatever evil is coming, um, and it's uh, it's great because I really was waiting for Sheriff Hassan's like big entry into the show and how his his big role would play out because mm-hmm. he um, he's he's definitely the outsider, and it's great to see. Uh, how his character has developed throughout the entire season, or show, I gotta I keep saying season, show
0: <laughs> technically a season yeah technically yeah, i I love the scene so much, just because like we don't we didn't know the why, like why the hell did he come to Crockett Island, who goes to Crockett Island if they're not from there? what do you do? And so, yeah, he goes into this whole thing about all of the terrible trauma and racism that he faced, all the politics, everything, everything that was so corrupt in kind of the real world. And this was a huge escape for him. And he's like, "Ollie is so bored, but at least he's safe, you know, and this is why I don't want to get involved in these things because I just want kind of, I don't want to do that again. I already went through such shit before with you know, law enforcement and people who are racist and people who don't understand me and are going to, you know, put me through all of this stuff. And, and it's like, fuck, it's so hard because obviously he's a sheriff. So you look to him for help, but he's like, I don't want to do this. Like these people are crazy. I'm not getting into this.
1: Yeah. It's, it's definitely a, an interesting battle to watch inside himself as he struggles between wanting to help and be a good person, but also being like, I've been through so much shit. Like that's what. Like, what the fuck is going on in this island? Like, that could be any crazier from the stuff that I dealt with in my life. Um, Little does he know, there's a monster. (laughs) Like, um, but yeah, the um, the whole uh, he does. He join up with them right away. I can't remember, or does he like?
0: no i think he's basically just like don't ask me for help and then it's not until kind of
1: right yeah. his
0: life is threatened that he has no other choice
1: right yeah i am getting ahead of myself <laughs> as the viewer but you know who knows maybe sheriff Hassan will help or maybe he won't help there you go forget what i said um but yeah um it's still our uh, our main three really as like the 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 core of getting off the island, which is Aaron, Sarah, and Mildred, because obviously Mildred, Mildred was ahead of her time. You know, she was yeah. like, "I saw this coming from a mile away." Everybody, what are you all doing? <laughs> um, they go to uh, the ferry to uh, get off island because they're like, "We're getting out of here." Um, mm-hmm. Which I like as a character development yeah. in this sense because, like, there's a sense of like, what, "You're just going to abandon the island." But Mm -hmm. in my shoes, I think I would do the same thing in that situation. I'd be like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. If you don't want to come with me, then good luck.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Especially because they tried to warn people. If you don't believe it, like, screw you. I'm leaving, which obviously they can't do. So (laughs) that doesn't work out. But I would totally be the same way. I'd be like, all right, I told Riley's parents. Like, I told people who might believe me. Got Sarah Mildred. Let's get the hell out of here. Um, but of course, it's not as easy as they thought. Um, they try to go on the ferry, and and they find out the ferry's not leaving today because it's under maintenance. They're fixing like da da da, and they're like, all right, how are we gonna get out of here? They kind of discuss like, oh, maybe we can take a rowboat, and they're like, you can't literally get to the mainland on that boat. Um, and all the while this is happening, the electricity goes out. And uh Hassan like calls um I think he either calls Sturge I think he must call Sturge to be yeah. like, Can can you help? Why is the electricity out? And Sturge is kinda like, Yep, yeah, it happens every once in a while, like it's fine, just kinda downplaying the situation. Um and I think at this point we don't really know why the electricity is out, but it definitely adds to the tension of like, we know Easter Mass is coming. We know the women can't get off the island. And now it's dark and spooky.
1: Yeah. And I believe in that scene where he calls Sturge, Sturge is there because guess who cut the power to the island? It was mm-hmm. that, it was that motherfucker. Um,
0: yeah. yeah. And he cut whatever it was to where there's no phone service. I'm not a technological person. I don't know what he cut, but I saw wires cutting. He looked at his phone and it said no service. They, they spelled it out for me.
1: Yeah. He, the, the cell tower, whatever they knock it down on the island. Um, you know, to quote the Matrix, they cut the hard line. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, something something is up, and Sturge, um, Dolly, Wade. Obviously, they were there kind of from the beginning uh, with John's uh, death and revival. And yeah, this it's something's up. Um, something is definitely going on on the island, and they uh they don't they're it's very smart as well because they're not just like kind of cutting everything and everything's kind of freaking out like mm-hmm. first the reveal of the ferry is not leaving the island, then the power goes out, then the cell service goes down
0: mm-hmm.
1: all right well, I guess we should just go to church um but uh yeah the um the 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 scene now that does get sheriff Hassan to go to the church um is they're at their house uh. Sheriff Hassan and Ali, um, and Ali wants to go to Midnight Mass for Easter, um, and again, Sheriff Hassan—he like was reluctant the entire time, but he does yeah. officially um, agree to go. Um, and all of our characters, um, with really nowhere else to go, they all go to the church, and uh, and Mass begins. It's the most packed Mass of the of the town of the island.
0: Yep, so we kind of have, this is the end of the episode and a lot of things happen. So we'll go through all of them, of course, but let's take our final break and then get prepared to get into it. All right, so like you said, Mass begins. Everyone is there. And Pruitt starts getting into his sermon and basically reveals to everyone, like, this is what's happening. He reveals his true identity and is basically like, an angel of the Lord brought me back and we have him here. Like he, he, we, I brought him back as well. Um, and just a few kind of things that he says, he's kind of hinting that we're all going to be tested tonight. Just like, you know, Christ was tested and we're all apostles and, you know, we're doing this for Christ. So weird shit's going to happen. But like, if you're true and like, you really are devout, just go with it and it'll be okay. Which I would be looking for the door at that point. I'd be like, this is Jim Jones talking. Like the Kool-Aid is about to be passed out, which it is. And I I would have been out. There's no way in hell.
1: Yeah. Also, sidebar. I just remembered the word I was thinking of before with Riley's dad. What was it? It's also a word that starts with R. Resent. He, oh. res- he resented his son when he I first arrived. You said-
0: oh, maybe you didn't. I thought you did
1: say no. it. No. Well, I just remembered that word. <laughs> But it was on the tip of my tongue and I just couldn't spit it out. So I just had to now. now. Um, but yeah, that's uh, definitely, you know, like you said, got that feeling of like, come on, everyone drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Everything will be fine. Um, and we we see kind of what's going on behind the altar. I, again, church terminology is foreign, nice. is foreign to both of us. Behind, behind the scenes. The, the backstage, behind the curtain, essentially. I know.
0: It's like the back room where yeah. they prepare things.
1: Exactly. Uh, Bev is preparing a bunch of cups um, with that nasty poison um, that ended up killing Joe Collie's dog um, and believe Prude as well. Um, and uh, yeah, people are kind of freaked out as to what's going on because uh, he's like. Uh, this again to quote be imitators of christ and all this type of terminology it's definitely it's it's definitely uh stronger it's stronger wording in terms of what he's alluding to when it comes to what's going to happen tonight
0: yeah more obvious than in pre i feel like in previous episodes it was hinting at something that could happen and now this is straight up of like you know this is kind of a bible verse but like what if we actually do it
1: yeah uh it, it doesn't have the same weight to me as the the soldiers of, of war one mm-hmm. that he delivers uh, in the the previous episode uh, but it's still very like the what is what is about to happen here um, and for some reason Sturge is chosen as the first one um, mm-hmm. to to be the uh, example of what's about to happen mm-hmm. um, he he comes forward and the whole shebang begins because the poison is given to him uh, he drinks it and everyone starts to freak out because Serge is having a very bad reaction to poison surprise mm-hmm. uh and he just dies right there on the uh the steps of the stage yeah <laughs> <laughs> stage um and everyone is freaking the fuck out uh Mildred Sarah and Aaron are like Shit's going down. Let's go. Um, Sheriff Hassan is freaking the fuck out. Um, it's it's all very uh, very concerning as to what just happened because they, for all they know, they just watched a man die in front of them. Mm-hmm. And as the hubbub is all starting to happen, John does his. It's not really like behold, but you know, from out I of nowhere, them. the the doors of the, the church open up, and. In the doorway, standing there, is the monster. And at this point, for all the things I was like vampires, angels, whatever, whatever, monster creature, the monster is dressed in robes. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's a fucking angel. At this point, but I still don't know, and we still, we'll probably still never know, but we'll we'll talk about it later on. Uh, It's a creepy fucking sight because he's just like hello, I'm here to, to turn you all into whatever I am. Um, and everyone everyone freaks the fuck out, rightfully so. There's a fucking creature in priest robes standing in the back of the church.
0: Yeah, it is definitely extremely chilling. We've seen this monster multiple times. Doesn't get less scary. He, like you said, wearing the robes, very, very creepy. Like, is he the new priest? Why is he wearing the robes? Hello? Yeah. What is happening? Um, but kind of everyone's processing everything that's going on and everything moves very fast. So when the angel, angel appears, then Sturge comes back to life. Um, Bev comes out and she's like, here are the jello shots. No, she's like, Here's the <laughs> everyone take a shot. They're in kind of just like a little shot glasses. Um, and Ali seems interested in going and drinking the the poison which is really heartbreaking because he wants to be part of the church he wants to be catholic so badly to fit in and we know that his father is very much like you're muslim that's how it is don't you know you can learn about the bible if you want but you're muslim that's it so it's insane that he's the first to kind of go up and is you know about to drink Um, The poison, and Hassan is not going to have any of that. He immediately pulls out a gun, and is like, don't go near my son, like, what the hell? Like, don't touch my son, and immediately um, people kind of pile on him and knock him down, and the gun flies across the room, so I'm not going to say R.I.P. Hassan, because he doesn't actually die, but he doesn't have a say in this at all. It's far beyond him.
1: Yeah, very poorly planned as to what was Mm -hmm. going on. Um, The Uh, the gun um, definitely becomes Chekhov's gun in this sense. You're like, okay, that is going to have an effect somewhere, somehow, on this whole big ordeal. Um, And uh, yeah, it's terrifying to watch because in this moment Ollie grabs the poison, he drinks it, and it's mass mayhem in that church because some people are buying in, some people are not. Riley's family uh, his mother and dad are not. They're freaking the fuck out. Um, then you have Dolly and Wade with Lisa, and they're both like, it's okay, come on, just like, come on, let's do it. Let's let us drink this, this poison. Come on, come on. And Lisa's like, the fuck? No! Like, what? No, 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 no. Um, it's, oh, man. It, like, gives you that feeling of, like, that's the one place in the world I do not want to be in this moment
0: yeah it was definitely just yeah drinking the kool-aid literally and it it was so scary and it's crazy too just because i know we've talked about kind of like the show such a big part of is religion but also it's not at all it's just about people's faith and you know how far they're willing to go when they believe in something so if anything this just reminds me of a cult more than you know something religious um and it's just crazy. Like you said, some people are like, all right, like bottoms up. Other <laughs> people are like, what the hell is going on? Um, and like you said, the gun comes into play. Mildred, um, Sarah, and Aaron are still like, what the hell? Like, don't do that. Don't drink that. Trying to get out of there. And Mildred um, takes the gun and just shoots uh, Pruitt, and he falls to the ground. And as this happens again, everything is moving really fast. The angel comes and swoops and just takes her right out the door. Which was, I mean, I believe it, but I was still like, "Oh my god!"
1: Yeah, it, it freaked me the fuck out in that moment. Sarah's like, "Mom!" Uh, and it's it's terrifying. Oh yeah, um, it's it's crazy. Like, and while all that is going on, like, we know for a fact that I didn't fucking do anything. Like, unless mm-hmm. for whatever reason the bullet was. Placed in, what? Killed, uh, wood? wood. It was a wood bullet or something, <laughs> and, garlic. <laughs> and garlic. Yeah, and it had a, it was a crucifix on the front of the bullet. <laughs> um, but yeah, like Uker, um, Warren's mm-hmm. best friend. He drinks it. and He's like, "Fuck yeah, give me that shit." And I'm like, "What the fuck?" Like it's fucking, it's mass mayhem, and yeah. everybody fucking drops dead uh, for those who drank it. And Those who didn't are standing around fucking freaking out. Um, But, you know, again, in this moment, looking back on it now, we know what's going to happen. We know these people are going to come back and they're going to be this undead, hungry creature, whatever. Right. Vampire, angel, what have you. Apostle. (laughs) But in my mind, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, what if they all just don't come back?
0: I thought the same thing. It took a little bit, like it took a few minutes for any of them to start coming back. So I really thought, like, oh no, he like they just committed mass murder and they're dead.
1: Yeah, I would, I, I wouldn't have put it pa- uh, past the show to end it that way. In terms yeah. of like just leaving a showdown between Aaron and John or something like that um, as the big kind of or Aaron versus Bev or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously Pruitt was just shot in the forehead. Um, but yeah, it's 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 crazy. Um, but the people they do wake up, uh, and it's fucking it's buffet at the church night. Um, everyone starts going to like first person they can eat. They go to eat that person, um, and yeah. everyone's trying to get out of the way. They're trying to run away, get to the back of the of the the church, get out of the church, um, and uh, the the exact group is, I believe it's. Um, Warren Lisa Aaron yeah. Sarah and both
0: Hassan.
1: no uh, uh, Riley's parents
0: oh yeah I think Hassan is with no so Riley's dad gets taken
1: oh yes Riley's dad gets taken so it's yeah. Hassan um, and yeah, the mom and the mom that's it That that's our our core group of survivors our, our final group more or less
0: yeah um,
1: against the the uh the villains um, and as they get to the back room of the church where Bev was preparing all of those uh, those gel shots, as you mentioned, um, as Mayhem is, you know, the buffet is going out in front of them in the, yeah. in the, in the church, and Bev's just hiding in the back. And, <laughs> and they're just like, Bev, you're hiding? Back here? Like, um, well, wrong place, wrong time for you. Um And Bev's, and uh, Aaron's got the gun at this point. Um, and She's like, you can shoot me. We'd only buy you like five minutes. And then boom, finally, someone gets one up on Bev. They shoot Bev in the chest. She dies. Um, and they're like, why'd you shoot her? And she was like, to buy ourselves five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> and they uh, they um, they leave the church. The church stores is open. Um, and it is fucking mayhem on Crockett Island now.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. I love, like, so every episode kind of ended on an insane note, and this one obviously is a different kind of insane because the final moments aren't that scary or that jarring, but it does kind of lead into what's to come because Bev wakes up from the dead. She goes back into the church, and she's kind of talking to to Sturge and to uh, Pruitt, and she's just like, all right, like, open open the doors. Like, basically... Let's let all of these people who are eating other people into the island and let's just have a free-for-all. Let's do it. Yeah. Which is scary.
1: Yeah. Bev, Bev says this. Yeah. Which is very important for listeners to note and for viewers to watch as well because there's something very important that happens in episode seven in the finale as to our big conclusion. And this is the last thing us viewers want. We don't want – like I think there was still some part of me that thought like – John wasn't fully corruptly evil to the like yeah. to his core. He still thought he was doing something right um, in his own twisted sense of the world because of the miracles that he had performed um, on the island to notably just Lisa and Mildred. Um, oh, yeah. Though Riley's dad does have his back problems ache because of this whole big dance scene that they do early, yeah. early on in the show. Um, but <laughs> what happened to Aaron was definitely fucking not a miracle. Um, yeah. And I still wanted to hold on to a part of it, and I think that's just credit to Hamish Linklater being a fucking fantastic actor, just being on another level. Um, Mm -hmm. And we do see that kind of come to fruition in the finale, but in my mind, I'm like, fuck, this is the last person I want in control of these these people, which is Bev, Mm -hmm. because we know down to the core of Bev, she is fucking evil.
0: Yes, exactly. So... Oh man, I also when this episode ended, I'm like, "Damn, there's another episode? Like what's going to happen now?" I feel like that was the craziest part and arguably it it was the biggest part of the of the season or of the show, but I think that the finale does wrap things up very, very well and I loved the ending.
1: Yeah, the ending, it's definitely one of the most satisfying ones to a show some people might have some criticisms of it but extremely excited to talk about it and do a whole deep dive into everything about this show in our final episode of our four and a half part review of course the half goes to our episode that we uh talked to crystal so if you haven't listened to that go listen to it um great talking to her she was awesome um, and is awesome in this show and the scene that she has uh, when she's trying to fucking convince Lisa to drink the poison. I was mm-hmm. like No. I, I wanted to ask her about that, but like we wanted to keep spoilers kinda to a down low for the yeah. interview. Um so like maybe in the future we're to talk to someone from the show again or even her again. Just yeah. like so you were like, you know, this mom who just saw her paralyzed daughter walk again and now you're trying to poison her. Talk about that character development <laughs> because it's right. it's crazy. Um And, uh, yeah, it is a, you know, not really heading for a happy ending here. It's heartbreaking across the the entire spectrum of things, Um, and it's uh, it's crazy. But, of course, now that we're done with five and six, grades for both of them.
0: I know. Okay. I think I would give episode six a nine out of ten.
1: Okay. Episode five. Nine out of ten. That's fair. I can't
0: go lower than a nine for these like ending ones.
1: Yeah, I think I'm with you on both of those. I think four is still my favorite. Yeah. Four or three.
0: Yeah.
1: Um and the finale is really good too. I might even go nine point five for episode six. I definitely think people will get a little I like, I'm afraid people when they watch this show will go through episode five and be like, God damn, just get to the fucking point already.
0: Yeah, but like,
1: it does. It does, and it's obviously done in a way that's very true to the show. When it comes to all the monologues and stuff like that, like the 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 joke name Midnight Monologues isn't yeah. you know for no reason. There's a lot of monologues in the show, but if you you ride through them all and you pay attention to all of them, they're all worth it in the end. Oh yeah,
0: it's so uh, meaningful. All of them. Like, ah, oh, Hassan, I can't, I can't deal with that one.
1: Yeah, that one. That that one. Um, I think for a lot of people is the most real one, right? Because yeah. it's related to, to um, a real-life event um, yeah. in 9-11 and everything that kind of went on in, in New York City. Um, and of course, you and I both uh, well, you know, you're a New Jerseyan. I'm a native New Yorker. Um, but, you know, you lived in New York. You live in New York. Um, yeah, I did. In, in the Big Apple. Um, so, you know, that one uh, definitely comes out of uh, left field because Sheriff Hassan doesn't get uh, the limelight very much throughout most of the episodes, um, but it's one of the most powerful ones in the show, for sure. Uh, and it's, uh, it's great. And it, it's a, 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 a nice uh, foil to the monologues that we got from uh, Aaron when they were talking about life and death and that idea, because obviously that is something that's very ambiguous when it comes mm-hmm. to where do we go when all this ends, what do you believe in and where do we go? Um, But, you know, they they take this very real life event um, and attach it to to Sheriff Hassan and the the inner turmoil and the battles that he had to go through um, as a younger man and everything that happened with his wife and just wanting to protect his son and then seeing his son just be like, fuck you, dad, and just, you know, drinking the poison. Oh man, fucking Flanagan, that motherfucker, so good. (laughs)
0: yeah it is it's a lot to take in like i've I've watched these episodes multiple times now but just talking about it again i'm like oh okay i need some water i need some you know some fresh air um but of course i'm sure our next episode of the finale will be very very uh analytical we'll go through a lot of different things and talk about what was the point of the show what did it all mean are they vampires is Pruitt good or bad is anyone good or bad a lot of stuff. So I'm excited for that. Do you have any last thoughts before we end and prepare for the finale?
1: Um, yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, it would be great that we have a full episode to just talk about just the finale because there's a lot to go into, um, mm-hmm. a lot of theorizing, all those types of things. I uh, hope everyone has enjoyed our reviews so far. Um, it's, again, the best show of the year. The only show that might come close to it is Ted Lasso. Yeah. But, you know, that's a vastly different genre. So different. Um, And I I fucked up. I didn't even think about being Ted Lasso for Halloween. Um,
0: And I saw a lot of people worship. Yeah, it was very popular.
1: Yeah. Um, But, yeah, fucking love Ted Lasso. But I love Midnight Mass that much more. Uh, And, yeah, can't wait to talk about episode seven, aka book seven. Revelation, which is a very powerful name for a very powerful episode.
0: Agreed. So thanks for sticking with us. And be sure to listen next week for what's bound to be a very exciting episode. Um, So, yeah, we'll see you next week. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.